Like not nu- what? Like a nuclear sub where oh, they have to turn. Oh, maybe I didn't the... screw that up. Oh, we're on, we're on the air. Hello. We're on the air. Mom, Dad, can you hear me? If they can. Oh, okay. We have we have that a serious. That means they're listening. <laughs> I have a serious problem. I love talking to. Well, by the way, you want to do a show? Well, let's do a show. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll do, do a show. show. Yeah. I love calling my parents, uh, soon to be 89 and 87. I love man, calling them on the landline. They answer from two different phones in the house, usually get confused. One of the phones doesn't work. One of them gets upset, hangs up, then picks it back up. Then they start talking to each other instead of me. Then I get disconnected. Then I can't call them back because they, they don't have, have the call phones, waiting. And they don't have the phones. They're still up. on the phones, talking to each other in different rooms. I let it go for a while. Then I get a voicemail from them because I try to call them. They're calling but you at the same self, time. Yeah, so then, then I get a, Ryan? Well, I don't know what happened. And then they're both on there. Then they argue about it on my voicemail. Then eventually I get calling back a couple days later because I can't fucking deal anymore. So Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not really what happened. That's but pretty it's close. close to what happened. Hey, by the way, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Oh, okay. Um, this is a true story. Uh, just so I don't, I want you to think I'm lying. So no, usually you spew out all these lies, and we have to decipher what's real. It, this is an important story. No, oh, sorry. so the so the the music sorry. comes down for your fucking important story. I didn't move it down. I'm just, uh, just just in case. Are you listening to it right now? Yes. How many episodes have we done? This is a hundred and fifty. Okay, so you've complained about the music 155, 155 times, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> but at the same time, always say, no, I like the song. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it that it's played so long. Is there, isn't there there copyright infringement you're worried about? Okay, that probably shouldn't have been brought up right now because that requires me to edit this prop. <laughs> I don't like to edit, so why also, would you do Also, I think that? this is public domain. We're talking over it. This is a remix. Oh, okay. It's a parody remix. We're making our own music now. I think something like that. We're beat makers. As far as I'm concerned, well, I guess, you know what? If they were actually to contact us, when we know we've done something right for once. Yes, I, I agree. As we can always go back to the old policeman versus fireman story when I knew it had hit. When I got that email. Fuck you. I hope you die. That's <laughs> when I knew I had made it, everybody. That's when you start when getting YouTube comments hoping yeah. for your death, yeah. that's when you know you're doing something right. Dear stranger, I hope you fuck die. you. Due to your success, I hope you die. And by the way, fuck you. This thing you did that I could have ignored but instead watched, I fucking hate it and I hate, <laughs> I hate you. you. Um, Tonight on YouTube comments. Um, but speaking of being acknowledged but not really, so flying home. And uh, this guy behind me. Fucking, he was so loud when he talked. Like, it's like he's having a conversation with somebody else, but like, he really was having a conversation with all of us. He just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Or um, didn't care. <laughs> well, yeah. One of the things, he just maybe, you know, some people just don't have volume control. They don't. There's yeah. no, there's no high, there's oh, no yeah. low. There's just meh, and that's it for them. Like, that's everything. There's no whisper, there's nothing. Anyway, I had my headphones on most of the time, and then out of nowhere, loud talker said something, and I didn't move. He goes, because we're flying from Minneapolis back to Los Angeles, to be clear, just so you know, put it in perspective. And he started talking about, to his wife, do you remember that one time we were out and we saw that comedian and he started talking about everybody gets trophies and he was talking about his kid getting trophies and he starts going in and I'm all of a sudden I'm, I go, I sit back and I'm like, this is not fucking happening. And he starts talking about one of my jokes. And he goes, it's really funny, but I can't remember who the guy was. It's just, I, don't, I don't know what made me think about it. And I was like, is this guy fucking with me right now? 
And I didn't turn around and I didn't say anything about it. I just let it go. But Why? I thought that was because I'm not going to be like, like ah. no. Let me tell you about uh-uh. the guy who told that joke, fella. You, no, you got right in between the seat. You got to be like, hey, are you fucking with me? <laughs> and then have him go, what? And go, that's my joke. Yeah. No, and I then have him go, oh my God. I just because go. he might have been doing that because he's like, I don't want to tap this guy on the shoulder and ask him if it's him, but if I talk about his act, he'll probably turn around. I'm going to go with no on that because I'll tell you why. So I let that go. Anyway, my kids were watching that Adam Sandler movie that's on Netflix with Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm, or whatever. I saw it. And <laughs> freaked my kid out. They have headphones on, okay? They're just watching the movie on an iPad. And there was a scene in it where, like, Adam Sandler, I don't know if he shot a gun or whatever, and all of a sudden, the guy goes, ha, you can't shoot. And my kids are like, what the fuck? And like, turn around. He's like, looking. He's like this. Staring in he's between the seats, them. watching the fucking movie. And, I'm, and my son is like, he's like 13 now. So he's kind of, he's a teenager. So he's like. Also, get out of here, old man. Well, he kind of had the weirdo. like, what the fuck, dude? And I, was, and I just did the, that's just. We got to move on from this. This, this is the, we're not not in the tube. We don't we don't do this in the flying tube. I mean, you. We're not, we're not I, look, I've glanced at what people are watching. Like I'll go, whoop, whoop, oh, what you got there? Oh, you're watching the. Yeah, fight but club? you don't oh, make okay. a comment but on I, what's happening in front of you. I also don't keep watching if I'm not listening to the movie. I'm like, oh, Fight Club. Oh, I love this scene. I'm gonna watch it. Like, no, you're like, oh yeah, that's what you're watching. I mean, I want to know. I want to judge people based on what I see them watching. But I'm not gonna like. Oh, it's my favorite part. Like, so now do you see why I probably should? Yeah, talk that to him? guy. Yeah, that guy doesn't have any okay. no boundaries. Volume control, mm-hmm. a little bit Snoopy. Yeah, you know, no, no seemed like a nice fella, but uh, you know, well, nice I'm not looking with, for any new a, friends with a good taste, so. with a good sense of humor. You know what they say? You don't make friends on planes. Uh, you can try. Enough people have tried. No, I've never tried. Uh, no, me neither. Actually, one time I tried to talk too young. Uh, black kids out of joining the army. Okay, I was blacked out drunk, and I was like, "Do you think this government gives a shit about you?" And I like w- went off on this whole thing. I could tell the two guys in front of me were ready to turn around and beat me senseless. There's a shocking <laughs> yeah. story. Uh, but it was uh, that was, and I go, I go, look, come out to Hollywood. I'll get you jobs as production assistants. Okay, you well, don't that need, was a good. You don't yeah. need to, okay, go to war. <laughs> you don't need to join the army. <laughs> go. <laughs> Just, these kids were like, "You smell like vodka." Well, first sir. off, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to play the role of them. Uh-huh. God, I wish this guy would stop fucking talking to us right now. <laughs> you don't even know. This, you don't even know. Did, did Jin Rummy just invite us to L.A. His, to be a PA on his uh, casting couch? You can't live with me, but you can live in my backyard. Here's what I got going on. Guys, seriously. Guys. Guys. Listen to me. I will tell you what is right in the future. Listen oh, to me. Oh, look, I've done a lot of drinking on planes. I don't I do not do that anymore, but uh, I've had my fair share of... Uh, yeah, are, you, are you Captain Minibottle? How mini did bottle? I get here? Are you the mini bottle guy? Are you tucking bo- mini bottles into your pocket? Not tucking. You've been cut off on a plane? No. Oh, okay. Dude, no. Okay. I have been... Never been tackled? Dro- I've been dropped off. It looks like our guest has <laughs> cut off. All right. I've been... My brother drove me to the airport one morning. And said, when I, I called him when I landed, because that's when I woke up. Literally, the plane hit the ground, and I was like, I was jarred awake, and I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? I'm sitting you in my You didn't yell, we're all going to die, or anything I'm like that. I'm sitting in my seat. That would freak Calm. Everybody's, nobody's weirded out by me. The whole thing, I was like, what? I called my brother. He goes, oh, dude, I waited down the street at the Burger King, because I was positive they off. weren't going to let you on the plane. <laughs> he said that I got in the car. Like, I have no recollection of the ride there, and I must have just been, I knew enough to be quiet. Just walk through, hand the ticket, smile, keep walking. But I mean... Survival instincts. Twi- twice Survival I've woken instincts. up landing and been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, you were landing the plane? I was dry flying it, and then we were. I was landing it. I had all the skills. 
we're gonna bring in our guest now because it sounds like sounds like it somebody's looks got like, a, somebody's I, got a story. Now I'm hope. I mean, and I'm not hoping. I actually, I would happen more than <laughs> I'm once. Hoping. I'm just saying. I, I'm hoping you've been to prison. No, no, no but and I mean, you've got a great prison story. Dude, look, when you get fucked with on a plane, it's serious business. So if they're cutting you off, they're worried about you. Well, be, not you. Like you said, they're worried about to, the other people and what you what you're going to gonna do to them and how you're going to bother them and how yeah. you're going to ruin the ticket that they paid for. It's like a heckler in a club, but you can't just get up and leave a plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, our guest uh, today, the uh, talented, funny comedian and author. Author. Of the DIY book, DIY Damn It, Jocelyn Hughes. <laughs> right? All right, Jocelyn. Yeah. So, what did you do? And she pointed at when I said, I, I, I asked, we was talking about getting kicked off a plane, she pointed at herself. I did. You got, so you got kicked off of a plane? No, no, uh, no. Okay. I've been cut off. Got cut off from drinking, but it was a bitchy flight attendant. So, oh. it wasn't It was not a drunk situation. Well, well according okay. to who? Yeah, who's. I, I'm telling we you. We don't have the flight attendant here. Le- is it? Are there cell phone videos somewhere on YouTube? Of the <laughs> no, that, it was uh, very mild. It was surprising. I was shocked. First class coach. Business. Business class. So yeah. Okay. So you were you were, you meant business. Yep. So I meant business, <laughs> and, and I was like, "What the fuck?" How many did you had? Two. Oh, and that and and how many did you had before that? I uh, probably one. Okay. But so it was probably a double. You at know, the airport, airport bar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then so, so per- maybe I stunk. I don't know. So what? Oh, what, what, pa- was I mean, what were you drinking? Oh, probably vodka soda. So yeah, what happened? Smell. I know. I don't know. What, what? So what happened? You know, sometimes you get in a plane and the flight attendant just doesn't like you. It's just a flight attendant that's aggressive for no reason. To everybody, though, you don't think you were singled out. Sometimes you're singled so, out. Oh, so you've been you felt singled out by a flight attendant on more than one occasion. Yes. Okay. Wait, see? Okay. This and is, this is definitely. And you think it's definitely the flight attendant? <laughs> oh, are you going with the what's the what's, what's the common theme? I'm thing? just curious. Are curious. you common theming her? I'm just curious. What's the one I'm thing that's curious. consistent in all the stuff? Oh, it's you. Look, I don't know. I've, I've never be. traveled with Jocelyn. I don't know that she could be a, a crazy person on a plane. Are, are, are you like? A, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can you put my bag up there? Can you get my bag down? Can you put uh, my bag up? Are you, who quite are you? the opposite. Okay. It might be that I'm terrified of authority. Therefore, I try to avoid interaction, you okay, know. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. But in this specific that. specific instance, yes. was this a rookie or was this someone who had been around for a while? Been around and hated my guts. But do you think they also at this point hated the career that they had their chose? own guts. Yes. Of course. The only reason the only way they could hate you without knowing you is because they hate themselves. Right. They're just yeah. unhappy. Or or and I, and I'm trying to become better at this because I truly do believe this. We all have to remind ourselves that we don't know what what's going through. on in yeah. their yep. lives yep. that led them to that moment. And that because it's it, I, I'm the I'm the, the the person that immediately would be like, "You're on me. I'm on yeah, you. you. Let's go." Yeah. 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 And I, and I'm trying to not do the let's go and for just sure. kind of go hold back for a sec. You don't know what the fuck's going on in their life. And, and Or, yeah, they may also just be total douchebags. But anyway, so you were drinking, and, sh- and what happened? I tried to get another drink, and she was like, sorry, I can't serve you more. Did she? Did, what? W- and you was said that- why? You asked why. I did a what, but she, had, she <laughs> that was. That was it? Yeah, that was it. I'm not going to argue. She no, moved but she on? was like, she, she basically shut you down. Yep. And then like, didn't even off? Yep. I'm telling you, she had some toot. Well, not well, to- she just didn't want to. to see, I can't, sir. I don't want to. Now, that, I'm telling you, I was not a 
fall down drunk. I've been just like you said. I've been drunk on planes where you're like, yeah. I'm just gonna be quiet and nod my head. Yeah, and I've definitely done that. There's yeah. not that much. They don't give you that much alcohol per drink. That's anyway, what I'm do telling they? you. It's yeah. a tiny it's bottle. It's still the bottle thing, right? Yes. Yeah. And the first one, the first attendant had given me two. You know, sometimes they just give oh. you two. They're like, look, so I can see. It's I can infighting. See. It's Perhaps infighting. Perhaps a rivalry. Was, yes. yes. Oh, so it was like you gave her two. Maybe she couldn't get the one she wanted. Maybe she has a problem. Yeah. She's okay. an alcoholic. Okay, like, all right. So I think we're getting somewhere with this. Right. We need to now, get this. We need to find where she is. Get her into therapy. Guys, she needs to go to rehab. No, we can solve this now. Remember that time we solved the cat mystery? We're going to do the same thing here. We found a missing cat. Uh-huh. Well, we didn't find Did the cat. Did we find we it? Actually, we actually, we actually <laughs> We actually, Cats on a plane? We actually, you know, probably helped our 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 guest realize that the cat was no longer with us. I see. Yeah, yeah. You, don't I, ca- but, you don't care about Foreman? I, I do not, but uh, R.I.P. her cat. Well, <laughs> we also identified the murderer, and that oh. was the thing. It was a it was a close it was a close confidant, and we believed that he is also the murderer. Well, she called so, him Dan the cat man or something. Yeah, it was, Torturing it was cat. he was no, too he, eager to help find the cat, he had so a lot we of already cats knew hanging out at his place. Right? Oh, Knocked yeah, the car, let's huh? not go right. Let's go left. As soon as it starts there, we already know. All right. So my point <laughs> is, um, did anybody else in your vicinity also get shut down on drinks? Nope. Did anybody else have as many drinks as you? Yeah. Because there was right, like a couple she I'm a, liked. I'm not okay. So there you go. So you did obsess a little bit and pay attention to what was going on to see if it was you. You know, I've always been called too sensitive, but I'm going to tell you what I am: acutely aware. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. always paying and so attention. So you, you saw I'm what was going vibes. on. I'm reading vibes. I'm listening. I'm picking up what people are putting down. The situation this lady hated my guts. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm gonna agree with you on this one, especially since you just if you notice the those that other people had just as much as you, right? Yeah. In business class. And as a former bartender, like I've been on oh, the other okay. side. All right. Yeah. But yeah. And, and you've had to cut people off. Did you tell her that? Yes. As a former bartender, I do disagree with your decision. <laughs> Did you say that? Too scared. But also, you, <laughs> too you're too scared. If you're able too to, scared. you didn't want to throw just a little bit of. Just get me home. Every time I get a plane, I'm like, just get me home, please. Yeah. How, you... how long into the flight was it? We, a couple oh, hours. Okay. So yeah. was it all? Was it a cross country thing? So that was kind of even a bigger bummer. It was like... probably Chicago to L. A. Oh, okay. Or New York to L. A. Okay. Are you? Yeah. You're from Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where at? Libertyville. Libertyville. Is that your? It's just a ridiculous <laughs> name for a town. Oh, I don't know. Libertyville. What, is, it Liberty, is, is Libertyville anywhere near Alsip? No. Worth? No. Because those to me are. Uh, what about uh? What's the worst? Is this the K- podcast? Kank- yeah, Keith. yeah. It's is where it? is Li- you didn't know this was called? Where is Libertyville? <laughs> I name a bunch of places I think might be by where you're from. It's like, do you, you know? tell me yes or no? I grew up do in you know Glenview. Yeah. I grew up in Glenview. Oh, oh, oh to- yeah, Glenview. Big upset, Glenview. Oh, you were from Liberty? You know Charlie Sahaki's mom? Yeah, She's exactly. from Libertyville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> you can go small town because I will tell you that my brothers. I I, I only lived in you know, in Glenview until I was eight, I think. But my brothers. Used to work as busboys at a place called Hackney's, and then I heard oh, I know that's and that um, Mike O'Connell. Oh, yes, Hackney's, and I was like, all right, see, you can get you can get specific can sometimes, and people can be like, yeah, I do know, you do know too. So yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes we joke about it. It turns out every once in a while you can hit on the dime, and that's that's why I think that's why we make those. And jokes. I don't know where the well, hell Hackney's is. It, to I was me, eight. it feels like karmic. Like it feels like this connection. Like, oh my God, that's there's there's a 
a weird connection that's outside of our control. I've heard of it before. I know us. people from there. Now I'm meeting you. You're from yes, there. Yes, this but is I didn't meant to be. Before. The universe put you here on purpose. I live in L.A. These are the things I talk about. No, hey, I, I love it. I love that. I actually have found since I've lived here, I it's easier to run into people in a bigger city or always be somewhere where you know someone in a smaller. bigger city than it is in a small town. I couldn't believe I moved here from New York 10 years ago, and I couldn't believe that the city got smaller. Yeah. It just M- got smaller. More I was like, spread Holy. out, but you felt like you knew everybody. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. It's super spread out. I don't know if you've ever been on this side of town or not. And oh, yeah. I'm in Silver Lake. Oh, okay. You're in Silver Lake. I'm okay. I die, probably. Yeah. It's where, the way to go. Where, where, how long were you in New York? Only three years. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, you see, you went from Chicago to New York? Chicago to New York for comedy. Okay. I was like, I got to get out of Chicago if I want to do anything. Why? Chicago. I mean, this Now people go to Chicago. <laughs> Reps go to Chicago. There's yeah. Just for Left Chicago, but... 12, 13 years ago, that was not the case. Okay. That was not, and there was stuff happening, and the guys, people making waves in Chicago at the time went to New York or LA. They okay. didn't, the people were not coming to Chicago. It yet. was, yeah, it was a minor league system that nobody wanted to go scout. It right. was so bizarre because but it was such a strong it, scene. There, some of the funniest people in the world have come out of yes. Chicago, and a lot of them, like, and I, I'll use, like, Dana and Julia had to go to Aspen, had yeah. to get into a festival to be seen by Adam Sandler right. to then be brought to Los Angeles because no one was walking, watching their show in Chicago and saying, you guys got to get... But there's a freedom thing. to that. There was a freedom to that at the time that allowed everybody to really just go for it and really just have fun and something that I haven't seen in New York or L.A. since. Like, the improv in Chicago is so pure. It's people doing it because they love improv. Interesting. And they get off work and they go and do improv class or do shows and then stay and watch shows because they just love it. So there's, like, freedom to that, and I think it probably built a lot of comics that you see today. In the scene I came up with was Hannibal Burris, Camille Nanjiani, Jared Logan, who's a hilarious comic and writer, Rene Gauthier, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of people that yeah, are, are a, a so really talented solid. And, and that's just funny. from, like you said, that's who you came up with, but like before, before and after that. you, and I agree with you about Chicago not having kind of like the watchdog. The pressure. The, 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 the yeah, the pressure. Like, it's okay, like you said, it's okay to get weird. Be, yeah. Do what you want. Do what you think is funny. And in the Midwest, like, there's that... You know, it snows a lot. I've, it's called, I've heard it called basement humor, not because it's low brow, but because you spend a lot of time in a basement as a teenager busting balls and yeah. doing whatever you want to do because you can't go outside because it's fucking 90 below zero. That's out. funny. I haven't heard that before, but I like it. Yeah, some guy at, a bar, at an airport bar is like, yeah, you yeah. basement humor. I go, hey, man, I, I, I'm a little, I, I don't basement humor. Like, I thought he was like, oh, I only, I don't. Potty. And he was like, no, no, no. Where'd you spend all your youth? I'm like, oh, basements. And he's like, yeah, exactly. But, um, but I feel like that without that pressure, without that, and, and the internet was, there 12 13 years ago i was making videos and i was showing them live at shows and i was the only person i knew making videos yeah but you weren't people weren't obsessed with how many twitter followers you had or how no no you know what i mean that kind of thing that was a that's another added layer of weirdness to me but absolutely the 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 comedy that's purest form would be great to see and that's why people love going even if you're not a comedian or doing improv in chicago those improv shows sell out people love that shit because it's funny and unhinged and not yeah, I mean, an SNL would come once a year to scout, but it would be the top players yeah. at Second City and the, the guys top they already knew they were going to take. Yeah, it was no like new faces or any kind of like showcasing going on. It was on. predetermined, it was, basically. Yeah, I mean, it was like you were a 
Big Shot who performed <clears throat> on the main stage at Second City every night, you know, yeah. you were going to go somewhere either way. Right. Yeah. But the yeah. people that didn't get SNL got, you know, the Daily Show and late night talk shows and, mm-hmm. and all that and kind of stuff. And they rate for each other and they all hire each other. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like really a, cool. That's like a fraternity, sorority of sorts. Yeah. Right? Did you do a lot of characters? No. No? Did you do improv or were you always I did. I started doing improv. That was my my first steps in. There's this play this this theater called the Playground. I don't I think it's still around. It's a co-op theater, so you'd have to like work the ticket booth once a month. Um and I got on this team. I was so scared of anything comedically. As scared of anything entertainment-wise. Me, just you being entertaining, or it took me f- so long to get into comedy. I graduated college and was not getting job offers, so I was like, "Fuck what, what it, I'm going to take a commercial class." What was your degree in? <laughs> Serious. Can't get a job. I'm going into stand-up. What I was got your, a yeah, degree. Yeah, this is a weird. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. What was your degree in? <laughs> it was music business. Music business. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it's so made up. I want to work in the music business. It sure does, because it was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I went to Columbia College, Chicago, and it's like an artsy school. It's not hard. Do it's you play an instrument? Are you into music? No. <laughs> I mean, I played piano when I was little, okay. clarinet and stuff. But, but you like recorder. music. And you wanted to be involved <laughs> oh, okay, in something. Okay, so recorder. I love so live t- music more than anything. Oh, live yeah. music so is... So you wanted to rep, or you wanted to be like a... I wasn't quite sure. I had interned at this place that was kind of um, an intermediate between radio stations and labels. And I loved the idea of working at a record label and getting in that way. You mean Jeff McCluskey and Associates? Yes! Brian Boom! used to work, Brian used to work in radio. Finally, finally, this is coming in handy. Boom! Brian Internet works. radio? Uh, well, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm way before that. I know Jeff uh, from a long time ago. Well, I interned there, and over the course of my senior year, iTunes and iPod came out. Oh, wow. The whole place imploded. They fired like 60% of the staff, and they're like, you can come back for free. And I was like, I'm not going to Can I? Boy. But that was like the coolest job ever. And then... I graduated. I wasn't getting job offers, and I was making triple bartending, and I had free time. And I was like, I'm going to start taking classes. Comedy classes. Improv. Yes. Improv specifically. First, started with commercial, this old school, shady commercial class I took in Chicago. Interesting. How, how Why that? Like, Why, like what how made you? Slate? Because you hear the commercials are easy money. And right? I, wasn't fully, I wasn't fully aware of the comedy scene oh. in the way that I learned about it quickly thereafter i wasn't aware that there was like the whole improv scene and all that i'd gone to zanies a few times in high school and was delighted by it but never once did i think it could be a career or like a path right that i could take and so then i started taking the commercial classes i was working at a restaurant and one of the waiters there his roommate was a comedian and uh that person was like holy shit you're funny you did should they, do stand-up. Just hanging out with you, or did they see you do improv? Just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and so then I got the courage to enroll at Second City, and then I, my first class, I was like, oh, my God, these are my people. I finally feel understood. Wow. I just felt like a weirdo my whole life. <laughs> so that kind of... Uh, w- did you was that internalized or did you walk around going oh, sorry I'm a weirdo uh, or or were you just like I I don't fit in like did you just feel that inside where you're like I don't fit in with these people I don't fit in with these people I'm just kind of and then you get to Second City and you're like oh shit now I can finally express myself 
and be a human being. First off, who walks around saying, I'm a weirdo, I'm a weirdo? Well, well I guess weirdos. I but do. I, do. <laughs> I <laughs> used <just> to. <laughs> I used to. No, I, I think it's internalized. I think it's like the pressure of society to be normal, and especially Midwest is like, mm. no, you don't do that. You go get a good job, and you start a family. Yeah. And How come you don't have three kids? And yeah, you, the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't you eating you? three meals a day and two snacks in between? And Why aren't five you? more meals on top of that. Yeah. All pizza. Why aren't you? All pizza. All cheese-based. Yeah. All beef and pizza. Cheese and protein. Why don't you put some mac and cheese on that cheese pizza? <laughs> Salt? <laughs> this needs salt. Yeah, My parents more put salt on salt. stuff before they taste it. This more. needs salt. You haven't put it in your mouth yet. Well, it's actually a ball of salt. It needs <laughs> salt. I stopped lick? using salt, <laughs> salt when lick. one of my uncles, who just looked miserable and had like 17 pacemakers, he was like, yeah, don't put salt on anything, kid. Like, it was the only thing he could spare us before he wow. died. Hey. It was like, if that I mean, guy, he's right. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, and good for him for and, warning and it, people. Well, because it's, he, he said what is the obvious. He's like, there's already enough salt in the damn thing. In right. everything you they eat. They put like salt and sugar in and everything. Why are we putting more on it? And I was like, We're very indulgent. fair enough, guy who can barely breathe. I'm going to take your <laughs> advice. I think you may know something about this. Well, it's like if a guy tells you not to smoke, that's one thing. If he tells you not to smoke through the hole in his neck, yeah, right. that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? You're, you might be on to something. Yeah, Missing that, all That's the a commercial. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is a commercial. That is a commercial. It Growing is. Up, the fingers yes. guy. Yeah. Was that Yul Brenner? Uh, I don't know if did he have the th- thing. He didn't have the, the stoma. No, he didn't. He, but he was like, he, it was after his. He was dead that the commercials came out. Well, they used. They did that with the uh, dude from I Love Lucy too. They used. They used people that were dead, Ricky and then Ricardo? they ran the commercials. Like it's pretty bold if you think about. It. Like they basically were like, yeah, I'm dying. Yes, I will do this, and please play it after I'm dead. Like. It doesn't get more effective than that, that somebody's like, go ahead. I'm living proof that this will lead to death. Yes, exactly. Like, and now I'm not hearing I'll never see this, just so yeah. you know. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> My best work. Yeah. I do, I, I'm going to put out some commercials and then have them run after I die. But okay. not but not like anti-smoking ads, just like... Like you know, like M and M ads or Skittles or something. <laughs> okay. Just make my own commercials. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just play them. John here for Skittles. <laughs> While I was alive, Skittles, Skittles wouldn't hire me. But now that I'm dead, I'm not getting any money for this either. But I'm proving them I'm, wrong. Wait a minute. I'm showing somebody up, right? So there. He made this commercial 27 years ago, so and he what? just died. <laughs> so I'm he's saying if he did 27 <laughs> years of Skittles, they have finally caught up with him. My liver is a giant Skittle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're uh, dissolved in the body. Uh, so you start doing uh, improv. You, the guy tells you you're funny. You're immediately like, oh, I got to do stand-up? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I made comic friends. tells I me made, I'm funny? Yeah, basically. Oh, confirmed. But I made these improv friends, and then I met people that were taking it as a career and taking it seriously. What, the improv? And, and take but and also and doing stand-up. stand-up on top of it, doing sketch, doing everything they could okay. to, to work at it. Yeah, to be and, funny. And, and they had goals, is what you were saying. Yes. They didn't just do it to do it. They had goals to make it a career, and I really had never thought it was a career because my parents had brainwashed me that, hey, if you're smart, you are a lawyer or a doctor, and you make money and have a family. Why would you do anything different? Why would you let us down with I, any other decision? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> like. I don't. I wouldn't be too hard on your parents. You know what I mean? No, They're, they come from a time where that's what you were told. Absolutely. No, I'm not. Hard on them at all. I'm just explaining. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was always creative leaning. I was always big into dance and art. And those were both discouraged as like, well, you're not tall enough to be a professional dancer. 
artists don't make any money. You don't want to be an artist. Mm -hmm. But that's like what I excelled at and what I thrived in. Like I, I. So they weren't pushing you in that direction. They were, they were countering it. Is what you're saying? I think subtly, and again, not on purpose. Right. Not, it's what they knew. It's they what wanted you, what was what best knew. for you. Yeah, of course. But yeah, that sucks because so, if you knew you. From an early age, if you knew you were artistic or, you know, it's like if you could have just been pushed with that a little, who knows? And again, hindsight, because exactly. not, not being pushed has led you here. You have a book out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's led to things that might not have happened had you been, like, encouraged to do whatever you wanted. Yeah, and through the struggles of, you know, yeah. this ridiculous career. Do yeah. you, are you some highlights. Big, Midwest, big Midwestern family or? We're pretty small. Only two brothers. There's okay. three of us. Okay. Yeah, small, immediate family. Where do you fall in the family? I'm the middle. Middle. Oh, okay. so you're the weird one. She already confirmed that earlier. Your brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Um, Does she need a shirt, Joe? She needs to walk around and talk about it more. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, guys. Are your bro- do your brothers look the same? No. Oh, okay. We're all a little, we look mostly like my dad, I think, with yeah. a little mom sprinkled in. I always think, I always feel like we we have a little dash of ma. We have the same eyes okay. and maybe same nose-ish. Okay. I always see when three kids, it's always like I feel like the oldest and the youngest sort of look more alike, and then the middle one is always a little bit different. But I am a girl, so. So you're a little bit different. Little Thanks bit for different. confirming. You're confirming yeah, a lot with you. us here. I really appreciate we're, we're, your confidence. We're, we're finding out a lot about What do your you. brothers do? They're both tech guys. Okay. Uh, my older brother works for a company. He's um, ahead of their IT. And then my younger brother is San Francisco Tech Trash. Um, is that just an insult? Or, oh, well, I, 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 San Francisco like, is that a company? hates the tech people, but he, that's exactly why he's there. And he works for a big company that everyone hates. Yeah, Google? Mm, close. Yeah. He's worked for Google. Okay, because when I was, uh, I was up at the punchline in San Francisco, when they found out that they weren't going to get their mm. lease renewed to uh, continue to be a business in that building. Right. And it was because no one knows for sure, but they were like, we think Google is buying all these buildings and they're, they're paying so much that they won't renew our lease. Now, I understand the punchline is a historic club. It will stay open in another location. Yeah. Probably a better location. Yeah. Where it is now, it's in like a financial district. Every, you leave that club, you go there's to that nothing club. nothing to do. If you go to that club at 7 o'clock in, at night, there's nothing going on around it. Everything is shut down. The banks, everything's closed. Yeah. It's, it's a really, there's no foot traffic. You got to go up a weird flight of stairs. I'm Get not, out of there. Yeah, there's a, that club. San Francisco, just tons of foot traffic they could have coming in and out of that place. But again, I am not a San Francisco comic. I didn't grow up on that club. Right, right. I, I'm right. just trying to sound practical, and I know other people are like, fuck you, that club's been there forever, and it should stay there forever. And I don't want to, you know, I was a guy who didn't want lights at Wrigley Field. <sighs> to bring it all back. To around. bring it all back until I saw that first night game, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, oh this fun. is what baseball should look like. What fun. God damn, it's sweet. Yeah. Did, as, as, the, the the struggle with your parents would that become an issue like when your brothers are pursuing all this stuff and they're and they're having careers did you see it as an ongoing issue or was it just in your youth that you had that con- that your parents you felt that your parents had that concern for your choices and my mother expressed her concerns pretty quickly when I had because I decided all right I'm going into comedy I'm going into comedy this is it and I'll do so this side, I'll, I'll work, I'll keep bartending, I'll whatever manny, I can do to keep I'll doing do whatever that. it takes to kind of, <clears> because I'd never felt at, so at home with anything, and it ne- nothing had ever felt so wonderful, I think. Um, it was delightful. It was just so much fucking fun, and it was and you're you're laughing constantly all of the time. You're making people laugh. It's like, 
This is the best and thing I've ever been a part of. And you're finally with like-minded people. Yeah. Like that I think that's a big part it was of it. Huge is like for even me. when you have your friends growing up, they might not all be like, I don't want to watch nine hours of Carol Burnett, okay? Right, I don't. Right. And you're like, but this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Stay like, up. Stop get. sleeping. Wake up. Wake <coughs> up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd always so wake up. So now you're with up. people that, and like you said, you've seen them. There's, they're starting to take it seriously. And you're like, oh, this is a thing. We can pursue and all kind of do it together. And I'm not alone. Yeah. So that's why I went to New York eventually. It was There's a circuit in Chicago. There were great shows. But in order to really bump it up, I I... Needed to go. Did you move with another comic or somebody else doing the same kind of thing? Well, Brooke Van Poplin. Okay. Um, she was originally started in Chicago. She had started going out there and doing shows and was like, oh, my God, this is so great. Mike Burns had moved to New York, another comic mm-hmm. from Chicago. He was loving it. And so I, I started visiting one of my good friends out there, this girl named Rachel, and um, doing shows, checking it out. And it was awesome. Yeah. Did so, you yeah, I saved up my little pennies and moved out. Did you find when you were visiting and doing shows that everyone was like, we love you, you're great, come here, whenever you want, we'll always give you spots. And then once you moved, they were like, hey, fuck off, wait at the back of the line, this is not going to be as easy as it was when you were visiting. Not yet, because I wasn't established enough. I really, I'd only been doing stand-up for like a year and a half when I moved to New York, so I was doing real garbage shows yeah. when and, I moved and there. Yeah, and whatever, yeah. What had happened is... Going to a mic every single night, meeting people like Mike Lawrence, Sean Patton, Dan St. Germain. Mm-hmm. That was that was Mark Norman. That was kind of the crew that we all mm-hmm. did mics together. We all started shows and we would do each other's shows and build a community that way. Yeah. So that was fine. When I moved to L.A., I couldn't believe how few shows I could get. I couldn't believe it because yeah. I was like on fire in my opinion, I was, felt really good about where I was at when I left New York. And I moved here for a Comedy Central job. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get up everywhere all the time. And it was n- shut out completely, constantly. Well, just starting over. You're, it was starting, you're, you're starting over, from- but I, at that point I had credits, and I was coming fresh in with stuff, but you can't, you're not going to be bumped you're not going to bump Sarah Silverman. She's going to bump you. You're not going to bump, you know, you're right. going up against bigger names here, Huge. even on these alt shows, yep. even on Smaller the tiniest rooms. fucking Thai food restaurant shows. Mm-hmm. You're like, why is Patton Oswalt here? Yeah. Because he can be. Because it's good <laughs> and he can be. Yeah. And, be, and, yeah. and because guys like Patton and people like Sarah Silverman doing those shows are what give those shows the yeah. audience. Those people come back week after week because the Just idea that Zach Galifianakis might pop in, it keeps them going. And then in the meantime, they get to laugh at everybody else who goes up. And, and those yes. shows, they don't pack in shitty comics. It's like, if you don't like one comic, you're going to like the next six. It's like, totally. there's, a, there's enough variety in there. And then every once in a while, Kevin Nealon and you're about that fuck, and then yeah, people yeah. just eat it up. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of yeah, the city. Yeah, and they've created th- those people specifically that you're talking about. They have created a culture by their choice. They have no problem doing those shows. Like exactly, they, it's like very a lot cool. of people. You know, like I've done. I'm done. I'm done with that. I only do right these Theaters. these three venues right. in town, if if even. But they they just love what they do, and they don't care where it's at. Yeah, they've created that circuit, and have never you know in 20 years are still doing it. Yeah, and, and when you know? you, and when a place will give you 25, 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Oh, you Pat Oswalt, you can go on the end yeah, of the to show. Like the do most it. attentive crowd. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna work. Yeah. On, that's how you're gonna write your new hour. It's, exactly. It's like, yeah, get all this time. Why not? do those shows i don't know so you found it because i always think 
when I was I would I go out to New York to do shows and I visit and everyone's very generous and they totally give me spots and then I know some people who were fairly established out here in a sense moved out there and were like nope nope yep. nope starting over I'm starting over and they moved back within a year because yeah. they were like. Dude, I don't want to go out there and fucking do open mics after, you know, 15 you gotta years lie. of not doing I it. I tell people to lie. I say, tell them you're in town. Don't tell them don't you're, you've moved here. Fucking smart. Because really, who fucking knows at this point anyway? Who's I mean, everybody's everywhere. back and forth. Then just post some pictures from L.A. the next day exactly. on Instagram and then be like, matter. hey, I love the sun. And then be like, hey, I'm I back in town. Like, whatever, you know, that's... Yeah, you don't have to, like, create another <laughs> life. <laughs> like, it's just like, a 24-hour lie you have to tell. Wait, I've wait, are you calling as, uh, as LA for LA Jocelyn or New York Jocelyn? <laughs> You're like dropping your like hey. uh, Delta credit card. So many airline miles, guys. I can't. I I'm can't. very busy I'm making zero dollars <laughs> at these going, shows. Going back and forth. On yeah. both coasts. Although back in the day when you were out there, was New York, did they still pay? Yeah, or? clubs pay. I the only club I really got into, and I use that term very loosely, would be stand up New York. Back before when it was not Ideal? It wasn't great. I okay. mean, this is, yeah, this is 2006, 2007. Because I started going out there right around that time. Did Brian Baldinger leave here to go out there and run that place? I don't know if he ran yes, that place. but then he came back. Yeah. He back. But, but someone, of all the clubs that were out there, someone was like, oh, don't waste your time at that place. And I was like, oh. And now, should you really avoid any club if you just want to do stand-up? Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, I don't agree with that. I think I, if you are young and you have the time to put in, go hang out at a club. You can learn so much from watching comics. You can learn so much from watching the audience. And if you can, you know, I think that's the culture kind of more at um, like comedy store. If you like hang out and you, people work there to get to get stage time, yep. don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Then and and then you are getting stage time it might be at 1 a.m yeah but also i you're I, young who cares i would add that on top of doing that get up on stage as much as you can yeah. and, totally. if, and if those clubs aren't putting you up there are a thousand rooms that's right and don't even sweat who the audience is or why they're there or if they're there just get do up. it because that's the only way you're ever gonna get you could have notebooks you could i got i know a guy's got like a shed full of notebooks he's like one day I'm going to tell my jokes. I'm like, oh, you're going to die with this shed of notebooks. and people it's going to light on fire it. and you're going to be caught yeah. inside, yeah. trapped under the notebooks. Yeah. Get out of there. Of your crappy jokes that you never told on stage because you never had the balls. You, When you were in New York, how did you uh, 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 make a living? I also bartended, bartended waited tables, and nannied. Okay. Ooh, nanny. I would nanny or wait tables all day. And uh, on the weekends, I would do the brunches. Um, and then every night I would perform. Every night I, I very rarely waited tables at night because I was trying to perform. So that's not, but that's the beauty of that style of work. Isn't I also it? had money saved up, which I went through immediately. <laughs> of course. I spent it immediately and got a nice chunk of credit card debt from still trying to go out and live life like a, 25-year-old asshole. Did yeah. you live on your own or did you live with something? I mean, because New York is not cheap, so. No, no one really told me about Brooklyn. I'm, I, let me tell you a little <laughs> secret about me. I'm pretty naive. Um, I try not to be, but the younger I was, the more naive I was. And no one really said, why don't you just move to Brooklyn and pay $600? So I found this guy through a friend. I was working at House of Blues in Chicago at the time, and someone was like, my buddy out there is looking for a roommate. And he was in the East Village, and it was $1,300 for the room a month. Wow. 
which is which a, a room. shit load. Yeah. At, at, at the time, coming from Chicago, where I had my own huge studio for $650 a month. But I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to do it. Was this in Manhattan? In East Village, yeah. yeah. And so I moved in there. I was there for... 1300 I know. It was brutal. That's borderline close to how the split I know. of my rent the whole time? now. No. Uh, I ran out of money and moved to Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. How long? How long? I lasted eight months in okay. the East Village. Jeez, I loved every day. Yeah. Sure, but it was... I mean, it's great the there. Village. It's great there. But well, now it's so different. Well, that's a, but the bathtubs are in the kitchen, and like everybody's fucking just oh. built, having rooms that don't make sense. And when like I was trying to find a place, I went out there, and I was going to move in with this girl from high school, and we went to see an apartment, and it, there was just a, a hole in the floor, like a like Superman had punched it from underneath, like exposed underneath. You could see the inner workings of the building, wood splinters coming up, like a fake set piece. And, and and they're showing you the apartment, like, and you can move in here. Yes, and there was a bathtub in the kitchen. And you're like, hey, what about this floor? Like, yeah, the, the hole comes with it. Yeah, there's like, well, maybe we'll I fix you were that. Say maybe that not. Was the toilet. I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. I don't know what's going on. We over just there, poop but... into the hole. No, we're leaving. Um, yeah, seemed that's... unsafe. You think? Yeah. Just like, when you say the exposed inner workings of the building, that's on. Un- that's unsafe. Like you sh- It's just a bunch of rats playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking course. cigars. Like, hey, yeah. it's like that dog Hey, drawing. welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> if it's New York, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So you, so you survived thanks to Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Windsor Terrace, baby, which is awesome. It's still the same. I was back there in October. It's that, But it. that was the start of Brooklyn people moving out there, right? Yeah, yeah which now, now I'm hearing it's more expensive than Manhattan at mm-hmm. a lot of places. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and now I talked to a J- Judah Friedlander I always run into when I'm in New York. Sure. And uh, he was like, where do you stay when you're out here? My brother lives in Queens, but my brother lives in, in Bayside. Uh. So he go, I go, I, I stay in Queens. My brother lives in Queens. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about moving to Queens. I go, well, he lives in Bayside. He goes, oh, shit, he lives in Queens. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, he lives so, in like, Queens. Y- y- you're not get, getting on a fucking the F train. You got to take a fucking... Right. That's a huge pain in the ass. But, um, yeah, so that was just... Queens is kind of inexpensive in, in that world. It's not inexpensive, but in the world of New York, it's probably the cheapest, right. cheaper place you could live. Or, like, Long Island, maybe. Yeah, Sunset Park in Brooklyn's not, I don't think, killer. It's just hard. You just have to get it. You know, it's just like... The more people you know, just general business advice. The more people you know, oh, I got this buddy at the place, or I have a roommate moving out, the more you can learn about situations that aren't going to. And you made a reference about Comedy Central. So, oh, yeah, what was that gig? I moved out here to work on Tosh.0. Okay. Before it was, you know, it was a brand new show. No one, you know, it wasn't out yet. It was this internet show. It was one of the first internet shows and uh you and eddie gosling god i love eddie gosling so much and andrew wontuck i believe is also a part of that show is he not not anymore but he was he there was for at, a that, long at time. that time yeah, with yeah. Leaf, yeah yeah he was he came in around the second season he was i think he was helping daniel with his tours and then he came on as a producer for the show and now he might be working on jim jeffries nice guy but Very gosling nice guy. Eddie Did you know Gosling. Eddie before that or no? No, I didn't know Daniel. I didn't know Eddie. I didn't know anybody really in that world. How did that come about? I had applied. Someone had passed on the submission for a blogger, and I love weird internet stuff. That was my jam. That I, you were blogging about that stuff? 
that's originally what the job was like the ability to find videos that would be funny to make fun of and blog about other stuff that wouldn't make the show but we wanted to get this so content and I, yeah i technically got hired i mean daniel had to approve it with the show, other showrunner mike gibbons who's the funniest but i technically got approved through comedy central digital which was in new york okay and so when i interviewed with daniel and mike they said would you be willing to move to la and at the time i did not have enough money in my bank account to pay rent which i know is so cliche but it was real I was babysitting. I had sworn off serving jobs the yeah. year prior because I had gotten fired because they told me I didn't fit in at this restaurant. So I was like, I'm not doing that again. So I had this bike, and I would just bike from babysitting gig to babysitting gig. And it wasn't, you know, that I'd perform as much as possible, <laughs> but I had no money. They said, would you be willing to move to L.A.? I'd just been to L.A. for... 10 days and done the most amazing shows and a bunch of Chicago people were out here and I was like, yes! I, was, <laughs> I danced until I left Brooklyn. I was like dancing around. It was like a musical number. <laughs> you know, people, no music. Everyone just staring at you. Seriously. <laughs> but, you know, in Brooklyn, people put stuff on their stoops that they're giving away. Oh. I took all my winter coats and was like, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Like, it was like, everybody take this. I found a subletter. She covered the rent for the rest of May. And I was gone within a week. Wow. And I was like, this is the best thing. Did you drive? No, I flew, flew. and I mailed most of my stuff, but... Half of my stuff, well, most of, all the furniture I left, yeah. all the kitchen stuff. I flew, you know, I sent my clothes. and. What did you do when you got out here? I'm assuming you obviously knew some people out, or did you just crash for a sec till you get settled? Or did you, do you are you a, I always want to be I had a place me. closer because the job was starting right away. And so I didn't have a car yet. So I got a place closer to the office. So you found a place right away. You didn't, you wanted it, you wanted it. So you're, it sounds like you're. You take care of business. I try to take care of business. Yeah. I'm a DC beer. My <laughs> friend looked at apartments for me, uh, the lovely and funny Becky Garcia. Oh. And I lived in this house when I first moved here for about three or four weeks. Um, I think it was haunted. I had wild nightmares and got the fuck out of it. Were you alone? No. It was a house with two other gals. Um, Did they have the same similar? No, it was like I got the bad room. I totally got the. Where shit was bad this room. located? It was Pico. Haunted Mansion Avenue. Olympic or Pico Olympic? So or an parallel. older part of Pico uh, and yeah. Olympic. It's like La Cienega and Olympic because the office was in Culver City, ah, and so gotcha. a friend in New York was like, "Oh, if you're gonna be working in Culver City, this might be a good area for you." West and LA. West LA. It was. It wasn't, and I got <laughs> out of there and I moved to West Hollywood after that, which I loved. Where in West Hollywood? Like, For, right by Formosa. Okay. Yeah. Formosa is that open Cafe. again yet? Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think they renovated it. Okay. For the cool kids. Oh, is that what it is? Because mm. I'm sure we wouldn't fit in. It's better for Instagram. You know, isn't everything better for Instagram these days? <laughs> I'm more of a Jones man myself. Ah, I, I just wanted to call ahead and see if you had an Instagram wall for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to do a the big, big following. I want to do the wings. Do you have a wings thing? I put. I want a big wings. <laughs> wings, wings thing. thing. I'm an influencer. <laughs> so you got out here and you did that. I did that. Uh, the show blew up. I was there for the first three seasons. It was so cool to see and be a part of, and it was so fun. And um, it taught me a lot. It was like a really good 
first gig. Did you change jobs within that show? Meaning when you when you yes. were a blogger, then you became like what, like a staff writer, or what was the? I was a blogger. Then I, they put me as head researcher because I was finding most of the videos. Okay. Then the v- they wanted the writers to concentrate just on writing, so they hired two baby researchers, and then. I was submitting writing along with the writers and getting stuff on. And I continued to. And after the third season, I asked to be bumped up officially as uh, it was time. Mm-hmm. And I was not, so I left. Oh, okay. I left because it was a lot. I was doing like four jobs at once, and I was exhausted. And I would come home and work on the writing or work for work on the videos, and it was this... A lot for not not the amount of money that was. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's like when you said earlier uh, offering those army kids PA jobs. I was like, what? So they can make three hundred dollars a week? Well, yeah. Steel crafty to survive. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I I the thing is what when in my brain at that point when I was doing that uh, I had was a, drunk. I well, well yeah, Sorry, but I, I also had worked as a PA. I made seven hundred dollars a week. Uh, on, on like that's not bad. No, that's what everyone was like, dude. You're the highest paid PA in yeah, the city, and seriously. I was like, oh shit, really? Because I'm barely getting by. Yeah. And that was, like, but you're right. The the it was like between three and five was an average week. It's brutal. And 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 fifteen, sixteen hour days. It's not like uh, no. I work, I make shit money, and I work two hours a day. It's you like go all in. You yes. are the first person there, the last one to leave, and it is brutal. And if you show any weakness, if there's any like time request off, then yeah, the kid didn't really. He didn't couldn't, really want it. Couldn't cut it. Couldn't cut it. Yep. So that's a good run. So then I I kind of had to forge my own path because I that was my only job out here for two and a half years, and I didn't know a lot of people outside. I mean, I had done a little bit of stand-up, but nearly nowhere as much as I did in New York. Did you find your job took you out of that just because you were working all Absolutely. the time? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember Christian Finnegan was coming out here to headline a club, and he was going to have me feature, and I asked for the weekend off, or, you know, the maybe a f- Friday, Saturday, you know, and I was not given that weekend off. And I remember crying, being like, fuck, I've got to give everything to this show. That's it. That's, that's it. That's unfortunate. I mean, but that's most jobs. It's it's very, I think, it's pretty rare to find a showrunner that's like, yeah, everybody go home at five. Well, right. That. I worked for a guy. Or six. I worked <laughs> or seven. Or, yeah, keep going. You're lucky if you get home at seven. I mean, exactly. You're on a all slow in. day at Shark Tank, my wife is home by eight, eight thirty. On a slow day, so but like I worked for one guy. He was a showrunner, uh, Mark Herwick on Code Nine. He would he would come in and then he would be leaving by four thirty or five because he had two. two he, his wife just had twins or whatever, so mm-hmm. he'd go help. He would, but he would get the kids to bed with her. Then he would open his laptop and work another five hours at home but he was like dude if you do all your work during the day we don't need to stay here till eight exactly o'clock. so I'm, just I'm do your fucking school. work and let's go work. like and i'm like yeah well, i'm here why not well but yeah, that goes back to what you're talking about the comedy store that there's a culture about just being here all the time isn't that the great we should just are be you here in all or the time. not yeah don't you just want to be here yeah no is it, and is that what you felt that, that the tosh was just like if you're not gonna well i mean look you put in a lot though they didn't is it they couldn't give you the bump or they couldn't didn't want to uh, I'm not at liberty to say. I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't know what that was about. I was fucking pissed. It yeah. fucking sucked. Yeah. It sucked. I I had gotten a lot of jokes on. Um, I I admire him. His work ethic is insane. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, he's always been funny to me. He's always been funny. 
But it was a, you know, it was a new show. He was, that's his show. It's his mm-hmm. fucking name. It's not my show. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It just, it, it was a shitty situation. And a lot of those writers are still there. Most of them. Yeah. It's you know? still on, right? <laughs> it's still on. <laughs> it's still going strong. I mean, that's like. It was a big choice. It was a big risk I took. I, you know, there's a lot of freedom that came with it. And then I just started to forge my own way. Getting recommended for jobs got me in the door with certain showrunners and networks. And then I would work on other projects with those showrunners or networks. And that's basically what I've been doing for the last seven years. And, and piecing it together. You've been doing okay. Yeah, and it's it's, you know... It's hard because you kind of have to do everything. I, don't I was going to say, you don't just write or you don't just... Right. It's, it's this tricky thing. I <clears throat> got a web series with Nerdist that was the DIY web series that led to a book deal. And then, you know, Nerdist stopped doing outside content. So I started doing YouTube videos because I had a book coming and I had to... Keep show, going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The people that had followed me for it, I had to give them something. So it's <laughs> it's this weird, like... You know, you search my name and weird shit comes up. It's it's well, just a lot of different. It's like fun, it's n- awesome. Any of it related awesome to being kicked off a plane? <laughs> That's long, as long as you're not on that. It list. all came down to that bitch who <laughs> cut me off. But I think being being multifaceted. Oh, two drink Jocelyn. Being <laughs> yeah. multifaceted. We were talking about this a, w- a while ago, but it's like it, it helps you. Like oh, it's y- yeah, it's you it's can very you, like helpful. you said you were putting out videos before people were putting out videos, so you kind of had an inkling on how to do that. And when it came time to do it more on a bigger scale, it wasn't as intimidating. And, like, the idea that you were writing and blogging and understood deadlines and could do all that shit, like, that all is an all-encompassing, like, it helps. you could have hired in all these different capacities on a production. Right. It helps, and it helps a lot to say, I can write this, but I also can produce your host to say the words, to know the mm-hmm. copy and to do this. It's been very helpful, and it's, you know, I love feeling capable. I love feeling like I am up for the task when yeah. that stuff comes up. Are you working right now? No. no. What was the last Thanks thing Thanks for bringing on? that up, John. <laughs> uh, Eric Andre's show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. I just worked on that movie. Oh, nice. Trip, yeah. I worked on Coming neither. Soon, guys. I worked on neither. Just, <laughs> just to not bring it full circle. <laughs> um, are you, uh, did you just go in there to write for the new yeah, season? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was in there too for, but. Oh, we missed each other. Yeah, I was at the very beginning. And then I had to go out of town, and mm. I was in with like Jen Kirkman, and uh, oh yeah, I came. I came at the end of that week. Yeah, yeah. Super fun. I mean, I know Eric from New York. Is that where you? Yeah, I was gonna say because he was. That's where he he started in Florida and then New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's insane. He's totally insane. But like his and he works his ass <coughs> off. Yeah, he does. And and it, and he's 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 really a talented and very funny mm-hmm. and. And a sincere human being, like yes. in, in a, in a, like when you watch what he does, you're like, well, this guy is clearly incapable of having real feelings. Oh, but 100% then like does. he's like a real dude, and you're like, oh, yeah. He's a good guy. He's one of those people you're like, oh, you got famous, and you're cooler. Yeah, yeah. He his like his. Like, come to my house. I'm gonna order everybody food. We're gonna watch this movie. It's like. He's a generous, nice person. Yeah. He has these big parties every year. Yeah. That are his birthday parties are these extravagant events. That, yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a great guy. That's a good. It's a good. That's some good shit to work on. You know what I mean? His that so kind of fucking stuff. fun. You work? Have you worked on stuff where you're like, this isn't funny. I hated it, but I have to pump out of. Yes. Yeah. Is that a lot of it? 
it it depends it depends on the on what's happening i think it's it's tough because the last few years i'm like i want to do stuff that the diy damage stuff that's all me so making those videos was all me and whatever and obviously the books all me that's that a lot of times there's very little you in a project you're working on. Right. And that can be debilitating. That can really fuck with your confidence and your ego and not really give you any fulfillment. So then you're kind of stuck in this pattern of like, I got to pay this rent, but I'm not getting anything fun on this show like I want. Yeah. Because there's a showrunner in the way or a weird host or the network even yeah. stepping in and kind of regulating so I've definitely worked on shows like that. But, yeah, you do stuff that's like... Apparently, the lo- uh, so we're getting the lawn cut to everybody. So Great. just keep talking. It's not, you it better p- watch out for that poop. There's going to be poop flying against those windows. <laughs> yeah. Well, terrified up. to go out there. It happens. Yeah, um, I, think th- I think the trick is stay confident in yourself and not lose yourself and think that you're only deserving of stuff that isn't fulfilling. And, he, and even when you're doing the stuff that isn't necessarily fulfilling, you should still be trying, because like, you were writing your book, like which I'd, I'd like to talk about, because getting published is a f- fucking not easy. And then <laughs> like, you were doing that while you're doing these other things, and possibly yeah. writing for things that you weren't that into, but still having to come home and... Hold that thought. What was all our flaws? All right, we're, we're, we're back. I think... Okay. I think Brian's. Uh, Don't say it because then it just sounds pretentious. <laughs> my Brian, kids, my kids were cutting the lawn, and I told them to stop. Brian's butler. <laughs> Brian's butler was cutting the lawn. My Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. My Bob Euchre. The Pasadena Mr. Bel- the Eagle Rock Mr. Belvedere was cutting the lawn. <laughs> um, but what I was saying was, yeah. you're trying to write this DIY book, and at the same time, you maybe have a job where you're writing things that you're not that into. But at least you can come home and write something that you do give a shit about. Yeah. So at least that keeps you going a little bit. I yeah, assume. you got to. Yeah. Uh, how did the book come about? Just because. <laughs> well, you were saying it's really hard to get published. My case is extremely rare, <laughs> but an editor had seen the web series and contacted me through my website. So you had no idea that you were gonna make do a book. No. And you were just like, I'm gonna make some craft videos. Yeah. Show people what's what. Yeah. Maybe get some followers that will come see me do stand up. And so, yep. and, and, and what is it? I, I play the the idiot on the show oh, here. So damn it is go. like anti Martha Stewart. Okay. I bring a comic on. We struggle to make a craft. We're honest about the failure part, and in the end, we honestly discuss, you know, how we got there and if we finished it and what it looks like. Sometimes it looks terrible. Sometimes it's really easy and it looks great. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of take apart the perfectionist you know, quality that the Martha Stewart DIY, all the blogs, everything's beautiful, yeah. perfectly it's placed. And oh, in 12 easy steps. Yeah. Was it, it something is. that rubbed you the wrong way that caused you to want to do that? Like, Yeah, because I tried a few projects and I was like, this is not <laughs> this looks like shit. what this website is telling me. Yeah. And how much fun to do it and struggle and... People love, you know, people love, it's like Nailed It. The show Nailed It is is what DIY Damn It is, but for food. People like to see people fail. <laughs> you know, there's so many, like, crafting fail sites that were out there and still are, but people love that the failure thing, so why not have fun? So it. you noticed that this it, those sites were out there before you did it? Yeah. And you were like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, but Let's that's just a side-by-side side picture with, like, look yeah. at this asshole, yeah. you know, trying to make this yarn thing. Yeah. Yarn thing. Oh, fucking yarn. So. 
Interesting. And yeah. How, how, when did you start doing that, and how long were you doing it before somebody said, hey, you should make a... Uh, we cool. started making the videos in the spring of 2013. Mm-hmm. Nerdist liked them, so we shot more before we released them. We released them in the fall, and I was contacted that winter by Harper One, which is the company that published my book. That's uh, and that it is was a, awesome. That's a very rare thing. Am I wrong? Extremely like, rare. These extremely guys. niche. I mean, I think it's because it's serving such a niche market, and this editor was like looking for yeah. different takes on crafting because crafting, like I said, it's all perfection. Everything looks good. There's no mistakes. We smile forever, you know. Yeah, and but and I think I think what you're talking about, like showing people, like people love to watch people fail. Yes, but also the relatability of failing, like what you've done. <laughs> well, well, but like I you would call it failure. It. Just like you, yeah. Know, yeah, you normalize. You made it's like yeah, I've seen Martha Stewart make a centerpiece. I've tried to make that centerpiece using the exact steps that she tells me to make, and it looks like I took a dump in the li- in the middle of the table. Yeah, well, it's like you and fucking Bob Ross. Well. No, I think my paintings are pretty fucking good. <laughs> I know, but I try to do the same thing, and I think I'm I artistic, and I it's an epic failure. And I look at other people, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. That, and then I just uh, give up. No, but I don't get that, mad. That, I just give up. I quit. Don't quit. But also, if you if you really listen Thank to what you. Bob Ross has not quitting, to say, guys, I'm not quitting. Yeah. If you listen I'm to back. what Bob Ross has to say, is that that you really can't make a bad <laughs> painting? That there really are no you know there are no mistakes, just happy accidents, yeah. so that kind of thing. Like yeah. if you. It depends on what you're looking to get out Do of it. Do you guys have a couple minutes? I'd like to go get some things out of the garage <laughs> that I'd like to show you. And, we'll, and, we'll, and I'd like to rehab that conversation. We just start throwing up. It's just a violent, like, <laughs> my eyes are bleeding. Like, how bad are these fucking paintings? I'm going to go before this gets emotional. <laughs> I'm already crying. I'm very sad. Um, okay, so <laughs> what? Uh, so this guy, because the book. So the book comes out. I'm assuming, so this was your chance to dance in L.A. this time. Chance to dance. Chance to dance, yeah. Collecting winter clothes because you had to make, you had to visit New York again. (laughs) So you were going on doorsteps taking back. Making winter clothes. (laughs) I did go to New York for the book. Oh, Um, you did? I just did a show. Hello Giggles is a cool site that I knew some people and they had a weekly show or monthly show and so they had it in honor of the book. It was really nice. What's the book world like? That whole process. Still don't understand it. You don't. Don't understand it. Because um, they said to you, take your videos, turn it into, like, I mean, obviously, what exactly was it? that? How, how was the presentation? Well, I came up with a pitch. So it was, even though they approached me, it was still like, we still need to pitch this and sell it to the company. Right. So we develop, developed a pitch and honed that and worked that into, look at this big industry. It's such an industry, but we're taking a different side of it. Also, look at my social media and how I can spread the word about this book and also look at the videos and, you know, you, you're presenting your case. And then yeah, as to why people will buy this thing after exactly. they publish it. Yeah. So they, they bought my <laughs> presentation and mo- then moving forward, it was like, okay, you know, I had kind of an initial idea of like, this is how I want the projects to play out in the book. These are things we could talk about. These are issues. So then we expanded on that once it really started getting rolling and picked apart what would make a chapter, what would make an aside, what, you know. The, like the like a layout or like? That's all part of it. The yeah. colors, the layouts, the how is how is this going to look? And you're just working with the editor the whole time. And um, then I had to develop the crafts for the book, which oh, took you, you a summer. You couldn't do ones that you'd done videos for? Or you didn't want to? I don't think I did 
Um, I really have to think about that, but I don't think I used any that I had already done. You know, it was a little tough because the premise of the web series was to take crafts I saw online and redo them, and I didn't want to steal people's work. Yeah. So it's, you know, then there's projects where everybody's done a version of it. You know, there's woven wall hangings and people have macrame plant hangers. There's stuff that that's kind of feels like more general that you're not ripping off someone's specific yeah, it's, idea. Uh, yeah, it's like it's so broad. It's been done so many times. You're yeah, just wait, there were a couple in there that I that I had done videos for, but only a couple. Yeah. And I think there's 35 total Did, what, did it get frustrating at any point? Cause Absolutely. Because it, it was not, I'm assuming you're like, well, this was not my world. This was not my intention. So you're. it's a learning curve, right? Yeah, but it was still fun. I think it was just, um, how am I doing? How does this look? But my editor was so supportive and so helpful and awesome. And even when we f took pictures for the book, it was like, no, show the shitty one. Let's show the shitty one. Let's show that it, this one didn't work out. And did you, when you took pictures of the uh, crafts before and after type stuff, did you, were those you? Did you take those photos or did you hire a photographer? Or It was a whole photographer process. Yeah. You know, the book had a budget. We had a budget for the photographer. It was a whole, a whole thing. I would say if anybody out there is listening and they get a book deal, save money for an outside publicist. Oh, someone Spending to help you promote it? Spending big money on a publicist is the only way you have a chance at getting on any kind of list or getting appearances on shows. I was lucky enough that a casting director had known me from before and had knew that I was doing the DIY stuff, and so they put me on Fab Life, which was an old show with Chrissy Teigen. It was like a daytime show that Tyra Banks produced. Okay. That went away, but I got a spot to promote the book on that show through my own connection. And what what was that? What did you, was that? So you I did crafts on the daytime talk show. With the host? With, yep. I with did Chrissy? two of the hosts, Chrissy and uh, another gal, and we, we did two of the projects and gave everybody in the audience a book. It was, a, it was really fun and yeah, cool. Yeah, that's great. I was nervous as hell. But well, be, be, when, why, why do you think that is? Because it's something, like, if you were doing stand-up in front of those people, yeah, you might have been nervous still, but it wouldn't have probably been the same kind of nervous. Well, yeah, it's different. It's like trying yeah. to remember how to be so concise about these craft directions that normally I have, I'm have. i standing in front of a video camera. I can do it a million times if I want. Yeah, do it again. <laughs> I didn't like the way You're I not, said that. There's yeah, no second like, take here. Yeah. That was just one take, if like Chelsea Lately style, where they're like, there's one take. We're not going back to reshoot anything. Wow. Like, oh, God, wow. please. <laughs> but, yeah. It was yeah. a it was a really cool experience. You know, I had a party to launch the book. Yeah, my friends came. We had some, did some stand up, and um, I haven't been making the videos anymore because I don't have the time to shoot, edit. You know, you become this one man band. Yeah, that band takes. It up can all really your help time. you, but it can also be so time consuming that you can't. So you were editing your own stuff as well. S not for Nerdist. Nerdist had a whole team shooting and editing for me, but yeah. once that ended. It was on me. Yeah. So for a minute, I when you know I made nice, ni nicer quality videos before the book came out on my own. Mm -hmm. But I was paying somebody to help me, and then yeah, it all fell on my shoulders, and I was like, okay, this is exhausting. I yeah. have a nap. How yeah. long was it from the time that they contacted you to say you want to make a book before the book was done and it was going out? A little over a year. Okay, well, that's quick. That's not but too we bad. We were yeah. done. You know, you you finish it. And then you wait and for wait. it to be published because they're wait. publishing, you know, they're they're printing it in China and making sure that all the textures are right and all that. A lot of waiting sounds like. A lot waiting to of get waiting. every time you do something, wait for the feedback. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. And you got to keep the faith in those waiting, those holding periods. 
Because if you don't, I mean, it's like. Yeah, if you just, well, they haven't gotten back to me in two weeks, I guess we're done. Like, <laughs> what? It's no. tough. It's tough. How did we, and you were doing stand up while you were doing that? Or, or did the book bit. sort of consume you? It was pretty time consuming, but, you know, at the time I was working out of an office I shared with a friend, and it, it wasn't a nightmare yeah. time consuming. Right. It, and I you had fun. It enough. I, it was super fun. I mean, you're making stuff. So in the essence of making a bigger thing, you're making little things. It's kind of cohesive in that way. Yeah, that's great. It all feeds this bigger making things beast. It, once you're in that that stream, do you feel like you could, one, do you even have the desire to make it, do another book? But do you feel like now that you're there, do you have a relationship where you could, at least if you had a book concept, an idea that you could get back into that? Or that's not how that world works? I don't. My book is really niche. Um, if you look on Amazon, uh, it's kind of fun reading the reviews of people that are furious that it has <laughs> swear words, even though it says, damn it, on the cover. It's uh, DIY. People are furious. Or adults. Grown, adults, grown. mostly old women who craft yeah. as a hobby, and they go to their library, and they pick up this book. It's written several times. You see this picture of the smiling girl, and she is vile, using curse words inside. You know, come on. But what are you going to do? I mean, it's it's a very specific book. It didn't get a lot of exposure. Again, if you if you sell a book, save your money mm -hmm. and hire an outside PR person. So you're saying you didn't or weren't able to hire a PR person? I did not. Uh, they, the publisher always has a PR person that helps you. Yeah, as and much as the they time, feel like helping you. Right. It's just a different, it's very different world. You know, it's kind of like the music business, how that kind of fell apart. I think with publishing, oh. you know, it's really still this disconnect between what social media can do for you and how to really utilize that to your advantage. I mean, I had a ton of people helping me promote the book, but how many people are going to buy the book? Truly. Right. Right. Now, do you... Uh, oh, cool. What is he doing machine. now? Your butler's back. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. Is, I, I'm sorry. Is he chipping away at my house? He actually just cut down your tree. Oh, good. It'll be falling on us in a second here. I guess we'll be stopping again for a sec. Hold on. All right, and we're back until... The butler starts up again. Until he starts shooting a hose at the window right here, <laughs> then, we, then we'll have to stop again. Brian has a robot butler. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, so y y you're right about the, the promotion thing is really hard, especially when you you know you put a year or so into something, and it, it, it's, it is... Social media is hard. I made a film, and, and, I, and I got stuck with a lot of the promotion on the back end, which was not what I was planning on, but there was no promotional budget for it. Yeah. And it really is very difficult to spread the word you gotta on social media. you got to get the word media. out. And, yeah, it's, it's it And there's a tough. lot of blockers in the way, too. There's, it's not like, you, I mean, you think, you know, I have a couple famous friends. Hey, say something. Absolutely. And, like, you were going back to before. Okay, then chop that into how many people are genuinely going to give a shit. How many people are going to click on that? Yeah. They might click and look and never go back. I mean, Or you're just lucky. like the comment and then yeah. never do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I also learned really quickly, and this is going back to your talking about the budgets, like Facebook would bury the post because they know that you were trying to promote uh, something, so they yeah. would intentionally bury it because they want your money. And, again, I don't get mad because I understand it's a business and they're letting me hang out there for free and like it's their game, not mine. So I got that, but it sure as shit was frustrating as hell. Yeah, I think it's a it's so I don't really I'm not familiar with that world. I the only thing I would learn is to hire help. Yeah, you're right. Because I it's not something I could have educated myself on because I just don't yeah, have the you can knowledge. Teach yourself that really. It's a very different industry mm -hmm. than television or movies or any anything else. Yeah. 
But so you're going to make more experience. books is what you're saying. You're going to make 10 more books. You guys, uh, if everybody this pod listens to the podcast, buy 17 copies of my book. <laughs> you will have sold 17 each of their family copies members, of this book. Maybe I got a chance. <laughs> what did, did the process itself, though, you don't regret it. I mean, right? You enjoy no, putting the book out. No, yeah. it's so cool. And, you know, to be honest, it's really nice to have something tangible to hand to my parents. Okay. Because that's ah. something they can understand. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. They can't understand the back. crowd that you entertained that laughed and that gave you a they good came feeling. To every single one of my stand up and improv shows in Chicago, every single oh, one. That's they were totally supportive in that way. And I was very unfunny. I Did was they ever terrible. give you notes? Well, you were. Let's no, count. not too much. They were just so sweet. They came f- every show. It was unbelievable. Also, go a little bit easier on yourself because everybody's terrible when they start. <laughs> oh, 100%. Everybody. It's just, it's, it's, they were, they've always, you know, my dad's always saying that, you know, they both said they're proud of me and whatever, but, you know, it's hard. What you do is hard, you know. Any news on the job front, honey? And you're like, <laughs> you know, the thought of them not, not working. That, yeah, doesn't they make don't, sense. They don't get, yeah, they're like, so well, wait, you're just in between things? You just yeah. don't know where your next right. thing is? That's right. the yeah. thing is is for most people, you get a job, it either becomes your career, yep. and so you stay at that place for 20, 25, 30 years, or maybe you switch once. Right. But the length of jobs that the average person takes is, in a, is decades, right? Mm-hmm. At least a decade. And out here... You know, you're talking about, you could talk about, I had this great run in this show for two years. And, right. and it was a great run. And two in years their is world, a, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Two years is an eternity so, out here. Yeah, that's so unstable. So much can happen in such short time. That's how we look at things in little mini lifetimes in, out here. Yeah, and there's no weather to kind of gauge the time. Yeah, you're so. like, well, how, how, it just all flies by. Like, it sure does. How many seasons? One. One. We've had one season since I've been here. Yeah, what when I, you, I hit so 10 years in May, I was like, what? Yeah. I've been here 10 years? Oh, I've been here 20. Oochie toochie. Yeah. yeah, and you know what's funny about that? I think John and I talked about this on a, on a, at a different time, but you, if you look at that perspective, all of a sudden you go, well, shit. God, you know. When we got around 2000, 20 years before that would have been fucking 1980, right? And you kind of go, and I thought that was ages ago. Now mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't feel like that here. And I know that maybe I'm in denial, but it doesn't. Or the yeah. early 2000s don't feel like that much different than here. But 2000 to fucking 1980, that's like a huge difference. Well, you know? and it's the leap in technology and everything. I mean, even from 2000 to now, like... The first time I saw an iPhone, I pulled out my one of the first iPhones I ever had. It was like a, like holding a tiny bug in your hand. You're yeah, like, this is a baby. Small Nokia. Yeah. Well, well, the Nokia, but then the the iPhone, which was the first phone I saw, that I was like, it doesn't have any fucking buttons. <laughs> what am I gonna do with this fucking thing? I, know. I was <laughs> enraged when I saw it. I was like, this is stupid, and I didn't like it. And then everyone was like, you gotta get an iPhone. I was like, I'm not getting an iPhone. I got an iPhone. I was like, oh, yeah, why didn't I get one of these? This is super easy. And now we're evolving to have like downward facing necks. We're literally. <laughs> like our actual physicality is, is changing. That's fucking 100% right, though. Like, eventually there's going to be like, uh, everyone's going to be born with just bent necks because it'll help us view our screens. It sounds that are so gross. Built it right does. into our fucking stomachs better or whatever. Like, it's all going to be a chip in the head soon. Yeah, we're eventually going to look like the aliens that everybody draw pictures of, and we're going to mm-hmm. find out they were the fucking future that were coming back to monitor how the progress was going. You can buy weird. M- an, a digital copy of my book. Uh, <laughs> if you are on your phone, let that be known. Huh? If you are looking Kindle? down. It's probably 99 cents on Kindle. Kindle? Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, what about? 
about uh, uh, Audible? Hmm. No, not not a read aloud craft book. How are you with the negative <laughs> reviews? Do you like it? I love the reviews on Amazon that are like, "This sucks. These crafts are terrible," and she swears a lot. I got a letter that someone had written to the publisher, and so the publisher just passes it on to your address. And it rattled me so much. I was disturbed because I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, oh, my God, a handwritten letter? What is this? What is this? And I opened it up, and it was an old woman, by f- for sure. I could tell in her handwriting and her tone. But she was from Virginia, and she wrote, "This is you are a nasty, nasty girl. I, I look at the book. I see this smiling face, and I open it up, and it's filled with curse words. You should be ashamed of yourself. And it really hurt my feelings. It really... It creeped me out more than anything because it was at my home. Yeah. And this 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 woman had taken the time felt to write this. And felt that she could tell you that who you were. Even though it said, damn it on the cover, you old hag. Yeah. 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 That that I, I otherwise I get YouTube comments. I got one yesterday that was like, talk too much. They spelled two wrong. <laughs> they spelled much M U C J. Talk too much. I get. I still get video comments all the time that are just like, "This sucks," and you're dumb, and you're like, "Okay." Yeah. You have, uh, you ever tell people to tell you to kill yourself yet? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. He gets yeah, that a lot. Yeah, you'll get there. It's 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 you'll know. Have fingers crossed. Yeah. If I'm doing this right, someone will tell me to commit suicide shortly. My favorite is I I've done a lot of throwaway videos on YouTube back yeah. in the day, and and one time, especially with my kids' toys, because a lot of them are just I'm like, what am I gonna do with all these toys? They don't play with them. So I I took a Spider-Man doll and a Hulk doll, put it in front of American flag, and did a fart joke because I was curious. How many hits you can get on oh superheroes God. and farts? And? 10 million. And here's the thing about that. You're kidding. Uh, yeah, it's about... <gasps> this was years but ago. If, but if you read, it goes back to the same thing of yours. If you read the, with the early days of it, people were like, what the fuck was that? It'd be like, it said Hulk farts is a name Yeah, it's not titled this. like what The Great you, Gatsby. Yeah. It's, right, t- right. it's titled what, Hulk farts. What was Very your incentive? Self-explanatory. Yeah. yeah. It, it it delivered on both words. I was Hulk was going to be there, and he was going to fart, and you're shocked <laughs> by what you just and watched. He was going to fart. I was yes. fart, he did. I was expecting a reading Twice, of the Declaration of Independence. And then I put out Hulk Farts Part 2, 5 million views. Holy but shit. But my favorite so thing now... So the audience now, dropped off a little. Yes. <laughs> well, they that's typical. They, the, they got the point, that, the first just one. Just so you know. Yeah, the you other know, half sequels. was waiting for more. Yes. There are people that are like, where's three? That's but, my favorite ones. I where I was like, where's three? Like, like, what do you six, think I'm going to do in a third one? Six pa- six comments down on YouTube, though. It's, it's like, huh, that was funny. Huh, uh, uh, fuck you, kill yourself. And you're like, uh, oh. My new favorite Hulk ones farts. now are people that revisit it and their posting is, oh my God, this is the first video I ever watched as a child on YouTube. Oh Whoa, my fucking daddy. lord. Which that freaked me out a little bit it only should. because like, you know, I my thing is I remember when I watched the Super Friends as a child on television. Like for those kids, like YouTube was there. I remember where I was when I saw Hulk farts for the first yes. time. Amazing. Or quotes, this this is this was my youth. Really? Hulk farts was your youth? <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. No, that I'm not, because you know what that really? means? That means, 
three million times three and laughed every time with their friends. <laughs> I rented the it movie does. Tommy Boy when I was in college from the local video store in Ashland, Wisconsin, and I made everyone I know at school watch it. We wa- I kept the video for three weeks, never paid a late fee, just threw it back in the box when I was done. But I like, kept that video forever. Watched it. I watched it once a day, twice a day at one point for like two or three weeks, and uh, that's what they did with your video, except... It's so short. They could watch yeah. it 10 yeah. million times in a day. And I guarantee every time, I guarantee some of those people laughed so hard they cried, shit their pants, or yep. wet themselves a little okay, bit. Okay, well, I hope those two last things As didn't children, happen, though, as like a little kid, like, look at this Hulk fart, Hulk fart, Hulk fart. <laughs> I'm crying, I'm laughing, I'm peeing. Like, that's that's amazing that's that that was cool. that their youth. I think that's awesome. Where, when you got into, so based on where you are now, is this where you... Look, where do you want to? Where ultimately, like for you, when you finally decided you were going to get into this business, you've obviously done a bunch of different things now. Yeah. I mean, w- I mean, do you care, or, or, or like, are you? Are, you're like, no, this is great. I love the fact that I get to do so many different things. Or do you actually have an end game, and you have not fulfilled that? I, I guess. was so excited to find people like me and feel like I was a part of something that I didn't lay out some master plan. I just kept going with it and going with it. About five years ago, I was like, I should have a master plan. <laughs> still haven't come up with it. Still having fun. I mean, I, again, it's it's hard because you have to kind of be shooting on all cylinders. And, hey, if they want another book, I can write that. You want me to host something? I can do that, too. It's tough. But I, you, but I, 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 I've been working on making my personal life as happy and peaceful as I can make it. Um, which is very hard in this industry because, you know, you're constantly being rejected and being told you have no worth in, in one way or another, um, whether yep. it's a YouTube comment right. or, <clears throat> you know, or an, an agent. agent. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've found a lot of personal peace and happiness working on that, which in turn has bumped up my creativity and made me want to produce more and get back in the game. So I, what I've been doing is finding a balance of being this person from the Midwest who is told, you know, not over the top, overtly, what you're doing is wrong, but having this guilt and shame for years of not being married or having a family or not doing the thing I was supposed to do mixed in with this desire to do it. So how do you merge those two? In? And that's what the last few years have been, and I've never been happier and I've, I'm very grateful and I anything that comes my way I'm going to be happy about but in terms of setting goals those are also important because you need to have the whole picture in front of you yep. so. yeah uh, I think I think you also said uh, I, I agree 100% that you got to find the balance and you have to do things that give your life uh, you know that, that you enjoy that you are that set, put you at peace that make you happy uh, those are more important th- than than the yeah. rest of it anyway, because in a hundred years, no offense to your book, no offense to my CD, no Easy. offense to Brian's Hulk farts. No, uh, okay, but in all right. Now years, you've gone too far. But in a hundred years, no one's going to fucking remember well, it right. or care. So while we're here, you should do your, because like you said, when you're at peace with yourself, you're more creative. Yeah. You put out better work. Yeah. You're funnier. You're, you are firing on all cylinders because you're at a place where you're happy with. Now, I people are like, well, you know, but my depression... Gary Goldman the other day quoted somebody and he said, your depression, you're funny in spite of your depression, not because of it. You're funny exactly. in spite of your drug addiction, not because of it. You're funny in spite of your alcoholism, not because of it. Like when you can realize that and you can cut that shit out eventually or 
if you can, then you will find that you'll, the creative juices will be there uh, flowing more and more, and you'll be able to do be- That's who you are things. at your core. We are meant to create. We are yes. The most uncreative person is meant to create and yes. make things. But, you know, through conditioning, through childhood and all this stuff, you start to lose it. You start to doubt yourself. Your ego takes over. It's like if you can release that and turn back to – I'm sure you've watched your kids play and been like, what is this? I want this. Like, this. Yeah, when a kid colors, the you're imagination, like, what the fuck the are you stories, doing? Yeah. You know, doesn't matter. Children, kids walking around talking about past lives that they had when they're four. You're like, wait, what? Like, there's, our brains are capable of so much and I, I, I want to be able to access that as much as possible. So that's what I've really been focusing on, but I just finished a script. I just finished another book pitch. I'm, you I still have to have the stuff. It may never see the light of day. Yeah, but you're... But, but, but I'm, you're, I'm happy. It makes me feel good to have. That's right there. You're happy. If you were doing all that stuff against your will or because you felt like you had to or you were in a contract and you fucking hated it, what is the point of that? Exactly. It's what, not why so we got here. So you become a famous... So you're the next Danielle Steele of the craft world or whatever. Like <laughs> the, Anti-craft world. Anti, yeah. Sorry, anti-craft Thank you. Thank world. You. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but th- th- if you're not happy or, or or enjoying yourself or enjoying the journey or enjoying the the creativity of it all, then there's no that becomes pointless. There's an, there's enough. Go do something else. I yeah. Just, before there was ever currency, people made things that they enjoyed and traded them, and that's how they lived, and that's how they got other goods. They they made something, we trade. You give me eggs, I'm giving you this anvil. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. And then money comes in the picture, and you're just working for money. You are not working because you enjoy it. You're not working because you're passionate about it. You're just working to pay rent. And that, you know, it sucks if, you know, you're not the Kardashians, but we've idolized, you know, I can rant about this for hours. We've idolized money and and wealth and fame as the currency of, like, this is what's up. This is what it's all for. This is what you're doing everything for. It's not. You know, you can only be an influencer for so long because you are actually f- just physically putting your looks on the table and being like, this is what I have to offer. Well, guess what? Looks don't last. Like, you, you got to be happy. Yeah. So oh, my God. By the way, somebody, I don't, you probably don't know this person, but and their na- they will remain nameless, but somehow they showed up my feed and, and they listed what they were, and one of their things was slash influencer. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. No, you are not. And why would you even put that on there? Who's anyway? listing what they are? What are what's wrong with everybody? Everyone in L.A. My God. There's an obsession with this being an influencer thing. I didn't, I mean, that's that's way outside of my range, and I don't care, and I'm fine with that. I'm an influencer. Sometimes I'll try to, like, uh, hint at what I want for dinner and hope <laughs> that my wife will might make it. <laughs> Uh, I try to influence the decision on what sure. we're going to eat, but doesn't I'm a coach work. and a PTA but president. But that's also, and a you know, that's fading because just like I'm telling you, I had people tweet about my book. How many people are actually buying? Right. You don't necessarily now. Someone like Kardashian, who has 20 million followers, you get a million of those people buy something. Now you're talking, yeah. right? But I've always come found on. that whole concept. We're gross. not all the Kardashians. We I could mean, be if we get enough plastic surgery. Yeah, but. and get fucked on tape. That's what a lot of that is. It's just like... That's where it came from. Sex tapes. Yeah. Sex tapes made... They were already rich. They could have lived their whole lives, just been rich. But Paris Hilton gets fucked on tape. Fucking uh, Kardashian <laughs> gets fucked on tape. The tapes get out. Everyone's like, oh, you're... Now you have an, a show. So and 2003 I, over now, here. Now you're still a stuck in the I'm just saying, but that's where this, a lot of these people came from. Well, it's a bizarre, again, this kind of glamorization of these pseudo-celebrities and these interesting lives they lead because it's not the life that you could ever possibly lead when you live in the middle of nowhere and you live in fucking, you know, you don't have the resources 
Yeah, you live in Virginia and you're writing me a letter yeah. about how, how nasty you are. You're fucking Janet. God damn it. How dare you smile and then swear while you're making crafts? God damn it. Fucking Robin Leach. I feel deceived. This is not what I like, so therefore it's wrong. That's right. The Bible says you should never knit badly. I mean, to, to take time out, obviously, this woman has nothing but time until Wait, she does Wait, you talking it. about our guest? No, 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 but oh, I'm just okay, saying, like, right. to take time out to write a nasty letter to I'll somebody. Put the knife away. <laughs> fold it, put it in an envelope, and no, send no, no, it no, off. No. It's like, dude. So I used to run this building downtown called the Herald Examiner. It, it was an old newspaper building, and it had shut down. The Herald Examiner went out of print in 1989. Damn. From... About two thousand ish, so until like two thousand um, about five years ago, four years ago, I ran that. It was still getting letters from people, letters to the editor, and it had not and it had been out of commission since eighty nine. So the woman from Virginia, this is this is what they do. This is who they are. They're just out there scribing, sending out. I'm angry yeah, about I something. I don't and want that to be my life. Like, no, no, how God, lucky are we no. That that's not our life. You know, that's sad. It really, if you think about it, it's pretty fucking sad. Oh, it's very depressing. It's and absolutely they felt so depressing. proud of themselves, like, and my and 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 send, like, the, you know what I mean? Like, that's a weird place to be in your life. That and that then you're just sitting with that energy. <laughs> that's you're just sitting with that's that energy. The thing. You, that do you think she's do waiting it? for your response? Yes. Oh, I hope or so. Or she's moved on and she's like harassing other people with her letters. Oh, you think I'm the only one? No, there's no. <laughs> okay. If you are, if you are, awesome. Because awesome. then you have number one fan penetrated this lady's brain pan <laughs> to the point where she's like, I'm gonna fucking get her. Like, that's that's good for I you. I just took those knitting needles and fucked your brain. <laughs> <with them. laughs> but there's no way you're the only. one. I mean, she's got to write yeah. like probably five, six letters a day. And oh yeah, oh. I mean, if she could figure out how to use Yelp, which you know she can't. No, she'd otherwise, be all over that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so that's, that's what the letters are for. She doesn't know what the internet is yet. Um, uh, we'll wrap it up soon. You, you, uh, you go. You're outdoorsy. You get out. You get out a lot. Yeah, it's something that I found makes me really happy. So I try to do it. It's it's. You know, nature heals. I don't know if you guys are... What's up, nature? Hey, um, nature, if you're listening, shout out. It's a proven... It's scientifically proven it to is. relieve anxiety, boost morale. I mean, it's great. It boosts morale. It tells so everybody do do? they're doing a great job. <laughs> Good job hiking. <laughs> it's really hot out here, Listen nature. Listen to the you wind. Wanna, you want to cool it down? You know, it's really nice when your phone doesn't work. Um, I, I Phones are great. In certain ways, and they're also very detrimental. It's a distraction. We're distracted by everything. It's. I quit drinking eight months ago. It was a distraction for me. Mm-hmm. That's been a relief. Okay, I actually have to be present. I have to. You, you get your phone out of the mix, and all you're doing is looking at. You're looking at the present. You're looking at nature, and it's it's good vibes. It's good air. It's good sleep. It's good sun. It's. Yeah. It makes me very, very happy, and I, I'm truly concerned about the environment, so I try to get out as much as I can because I want to see it all before, you know, w- bees are on their way out. Oh, man, that's fucking real scary. What do you do about, what do you tell a baby about bees in 10 years? Well, once, I mean, once they're out, we're, there's going to be some, some issues. With yeah, the I mean, No, you don't, you don't realize that they're already trying to make robot bees to, do, to, to replace them with a... Poly- like, that's how, that's how weird we are. Like, it's like, well... well we better g- hurry up. We're not going to do anything to, to stop them from disappearing. We'll just make robot versions of Jesus. it. Well, that's I mean, what that's the sex dolls are, out, right? The, the, the um, Hunger Games. Those robot bees that stink, you know? Remember uh, that? Those I robot didn't bees. see Hunger Games. Oh, girl, get in there. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think you can add. Why don't you go and ask John and I if we've sat down and watched Twilight together, too? I don't think. I tried I watching I Hunger haven't. Games, and that was the first time, I think, for me, 
I felt like my parents, where I was like, oh, I guess this wasn't for me. All right. Oh, well, I thought it was. You know what I mean? I, I, I felt aged out of contest. something for the first time in my life. And then I put on, I definitely, I, then I was like Twilight, and I almost felt like closing the curtains, like in a weird <laughs> pornographic way. Like if I was no, caught, if your neighbors looking even there, looking at it, like, am Twilight? I, no, I, I seriously, I was like, am I a fucking creep? Like, yeah. sh- this is not, this, because I knew that wasn't for me. I haven't seen it personally, because I'm not a creep, but uh, no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I lasted about five minutes, and Boy. I was like, no. Yeah, teenage no, soap opera Yeah, it shit. was, no. Yeah. No. Now, but Friday Night Lights, on the other hand, I was okay with watching that teen drama because yeah, that's sure. fucking some good People shit. People love that show. I never it's watched great. it. Never watched it either. Don't do it. You'll get hooked. That's what everyone it's says. Good. I don't like high school and I don't like football, so I it definitely want to. doesn't matter. I don't do it. You'll get. Watch. Don't do it. It's well written. Don't uh, do it. Uh, what What do you got coming up? Anything you want to pump out? Pump it out. I've got my own podcast called Sidework that's about working in the industry, restaurant industry. We don't talk about other people's podcasts. Well, so I'm, tough just shit. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sidework? <laughs> Sidework, yeah. I do that. That's out every Friday. You can hop on there. Do you have I a co host or you just do that and have guests on? I do that with Brooke Van Poplin, Andrea Wallace, and Kyle June Williams. All of them have been yeah. uh, servers Combined, at one I think, point? like 70 years' experience, something insane. I haven't waited, waited tables since 2008, knock on wood. Boom. Congrats. But There's yeah. no wood in this house. I, I, f- I remember it. You know, it burns itself into your brain. That's what I hear. I never had to wait tables, but everyone I know that did is... I was I was, I like to, I like to be in the back. I like to wash the dishes. Sure. I don't like to... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. No, no more do questions. You, do you have the worst experience that has, that you've, that during that time that you always stick with? Like something that happened to you, like that you'll never go I'll back. Never because fucking of forget this moment. It was such bullshit. There's a lot of very rude people that were very rude, but there was one man that had had lunch. He came in for lunch. He didn't want dessert. He didn't want coffee, and he didn't ask for the check. So after about 15 minutes, I brought the check over and I sat it down. And he violently grabbed my hand and said, "I didn't ask for the fucking check," and it rattled me because it was physical, but also just the vitriol that was coming from this guy I went in the back and broke down I was like oh my god it scared me I was truly scared I think that's probably the standout moment and then there was a guy who was so drunk at House of Blues one night he didn't say one word he just kept drinking whiskey and then when he decided he was done he slid over his room key with a piece of, like, on the receipt had written his room number. I was like, the door will be open. It doesn't make sense because he had the key. He was so <laughs> wasted. He was so wasted. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, and I guess one person told me I looked like I had fetal alcohol syndrome. That wasn't Thank cool. you. Thank you, person. And they were like, you look like you have FAS. See, like, why, FAS? why are you serving them? Yeah. It's Chicago. I well, uh, Chicago. They got the fucking cooth of a. Oh, who knows? And here's, yeah. But here's the thing. That's why there was one time I've never worked in, in, in that side of the customer service. And now I realize why. Because I can't. A buddy of mine was like, hey, we should open up. A, 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 he wanted to open up a coffee shop for like one second. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That might be fun. And then I went through my head of like, you ever been in wait a, a coffee minute. shop? No, no. Do I have to deal with people? And I was thinking to myself, it's that kind of shit. I would fucking lose my mind. All it would take is one person. I'm, I'm already done. I'm already borderline not a fan of the human race as it is. 
Sorry, human race, but <laughs> sorry if you're listening, human race. Why I can't, I couldn't I I bravo to you for even putting yourself out there to those I people. I just did at, at the time. It was like I need to make to. money and pay my rent and, and do comedy. It was like all for comedy. Yeah, and it's you know it once you get in the groove and you know what you're doing, it's mindless, so you can save your brain for other stuff. I think bef- you know not to go back, but working on other shows that are all time consuming, they're all mind consuming too. So. It, it's harder to do stand-up or write your own shit because you're thinking like, oh, wait, but what should we do for that segment? Or what could that joke be? And you you have to yeah, you're constantly writing, you're be writing in for it. for someone else, essentially. You're giving somebody your juice. Yeah. Yeah. And all the time that of, uh, of the shows that you've worked on, you ever had a moment where you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I'm so glad I'm doing what I'm doing. Like on the, on the not stand-up, but like when you're writing, working on shows. Was oh, there ever those yeah. moments where you, yeah. do you remember them? Do you're like, I'm oh bookmarking this one. This one was one of my favorite moments. Like I'm the never going to forget time this. Daniel Tosh said one of my jokes and it got on, we were shooting. When he said it, it got a laugh. I almost started crying. And then it, you know, gets on the TV and you're like, that's my joke. That was a huge one. Yeah. It's huge when anyone says your words and delivers them how they should be delivered, which isn't always the case. No, but then gets the laugh that you hope they would get yes. when you wrote it. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That was a big moment. Um, anything I've worked on for Adult Swim is, is always so creative and intriguing and really stretches the limits of, of creativity, and that's always fun. Yeah, there's a, there's there's moments that pop in that are really fun, you know, like if a tweet goes viral or you know, it's just it's fun and uh, luckily with comedy, I feel like everybody's really supportive and helps each other. And I think for the most part that is there's the a case. lot of love. Yeah, and I think it's getting more and more so. I feel like we're we all kind of. I mean, there is a lot of infighting, but also I feel like we're like God, we are in this together, and this yes. is, we, the society is fucked right now. And so in it's that, like, it's uniting. Yeah, so it's yeah. like us. We got we got to help each other out. Otherwise, what the it's fuck are we even mean doing? To each other what, about yeah, what, what, a what, stupid tweet or whatever. Yeah. No, there, and, and there's enough space in this city that if you don't like somebody, you don't have to stand next to them. All Never. right. Well, thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How so, dare! Uh, Brian will be standing outside. Guys, that was my vaudeville act for the show today. <laughs> it, it worked. Great. I might do it again later for the kids, Very over and visual. over and over again. Oh, a couple sure. of dad joke moments. Very visual. Very visual. They won't even pay attention to me. Uh, Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks really for having me. Uh, you can listen to her podcast, uh, side side what, what side work side work. I almost call it. Side it's what work. you do. You have to do. You have to like fold napkins and. Clean wine glasses. The downtime. The stuff that they always want you to look busy, even when there's no customers. That's right. There. Yeah, because that Cause really drives sit. the economy. It makes no sense. Yeah. You're the servant. Can I ask you a, a dad question? Yes. Do servers like it when uh, dads try to put on a show when they come over and try to be funny, or is that just uh, do they do just servers walk f- away? It depends and on the like, server. Oh, read the room. This guy with the jokes. Yeah, read the room. See what the servers. They, you you might be making their night, or you could be ruining it. You just <laughs> yeah. you don't like you said earlier. You don't know what they've been through. <laughs> you don't know if someone. You could be the ninth dad they've waited on in a row. Actually, I yeah, have a follow up nice question. Relief. This is a legitimate follow up question. Yes. Do servers like it when people? Ask your name and actually say your name and use your name versus just treating you as a person that comes over. I've always wondered about that because it always, sometimes it's an awkward exchange. Yeah, and as long as it doesn't get you know militaristic, I guess. No, like it, it, uh, the thing is like, oh, hi, and you're there. I'm with my family. What's your name, Jocelyn? Oh, hey, Jocelyn. Can we get a couple waters here? Thanks. Yeah. Like that's different than like I'm by myself. It's dark. Hey, it's what's your name? It's worse than like going up to a table and having somebody just staring at their phone like Diet Coke. Uh, coffee of the burger and you're like I'm uh, also a human please 
Please. I don't. That that. There's more and more of that though. The not looking at people and it's just, it's getting fucking weird. Yeah. Put your phones down and go look at some trees. Yeah. Go hug a tree. Go fuck a tree. Okay. I, uh, no, they used to call going it back hugging. to earlier. Oh, what can right. when I went I up? I don't to believe that made the cut of the podcast. <laughs> I went yet, to but John was talking about putting his dick into stuff. No, I'll never oh, yeah. be able to edit was any that, of this out. Was that in there earlier? I was talking about putting no, my dick into the. Oh, it wasn't. That oh. was the fan discussion. Oh right, yeah, I could put. Oh my, my dick god. In. Oh yeah, that's right. Anyway, I was talking earlier about those Dyson <laughs> fans. You could put your dick in, and they don't have blades, so it would just really cool off your wiener, and it wouldn't send help. Cut Please it off or anything. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on a second, Dad. If you're still listening, if you could just turn it off at this point. So go ahead, John. Well, fair. To be fair, I've had this conversation with my wife. She's in a hundred. I think you said you've had it with my dad. I'm like, no, you have I've not. I've talked to Mr. No, Irwin, and he is cool with me putting my dick in fans. <laughs> um, no, uh, the world has changed about? a lot, Dad. Yeah, the world, the world has, has changed, changed a lot. lot. Uh, yeah, my dad used to tell a server, I got a tip for you. Get out of this business. <laughs> you thought that was a good they one. That's not a good one. Yeah, no. Th- I don't use that I, one. I, at a very early age, learned how to read people's expressions and faces and went, oh, yeah, that wasn't a good one. <laughs> oh, I didn't like that one. Yeah. Oh, no, that was probably a bad idea. My, my, I, one, and I don't like it, so I can't imagine any server likes this. Is, well, what, do you, what do you think is good? What do you, you know, think I, I should have? I appreciate that question when you I was do. a server because I will tell you if something sucks. Sucks, if you're like but between these two things, what would I? What would you think is better? Okay, but you have to be careful because some servers just want to sell you the more expensive thing, well, or they want to laugh at you when you eat cat food or whatever the garbage is that they're serving. Yeah, you'll listen to the podcast. We're not poisoning. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's spitting in your food. It's like very low percentage. Oh, okay, no, good. But good. it does happen. I had a friend whose dad paid for pizzas with a check and never tipped the delivery guy. I guarantee you, I ate spit. <laughs> well, wait. No, that would be after the fact. How would you? He came back into the house to spit always, on it? He always ordered from the same place. They knew his name. Oh. They knew who he was. Always tip. I don't like it. Oh, don't dude, tip. don't, don't pay for that. pizza Please delivery tip. with a check and definitely tip. I don't get Everybody's it Everybody's poor. Don't. I mean, come on. It's basically a GoFundMe. It's a living GoFundMe it's in front of you. Just life, give them a tip. Life is a good fu- GoFundMe. They just haven't put out the fucking website yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank um, you for coming. Yeah, yeah thank you very much, family. Jocelyn. Thank you very much, uh, Brian. Uh, oh. Thanks. Thank you, John. Are we all, is it a thank you circle? Yep, thank everyone. You. Thank you, John. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 